Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. It's season two. It's episode 12. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm here with the Albion Oracle himself. That is Mr. Matthew Wilson. Matt, how's it going? International break. It's nearly over. We can concentrate on some proper football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the football being back. Um, it's been a nice break, but I'm glad it's I'm glad it's coming to an end soon. I was going to say, like, obviously with, with Albion flying... They don't want. They didn't want the international break to come. But from from your point of view, from a journalistic point of view, are you happy with the time off, or are you are you just happy to get on to the next game? You like you want more and more and more. Because obviously, Albion fan. So I'm sure the fan part of you is like, get the next game going, keep this momentum going. But from a journalist, and obviously you're slammed with work. Is it like, oh, I can take a couple of days off here? Well. I mean, I've had. I didn't. I didn't really get any time off. Oh. I think from a from a. Have a word to the sports editor. Yeah. What's going on? I think from a journalistic point of view. Um, you want the games to keep coming because they're mm. the best bit. They are. They yeah. are by far the best. Yeah. Bit. So I'm. I'm really enjoying this this season where we've got three three game weeks, midweek games. I'm really loving that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think Albion wanted the break because oh, really? the cracks okay. were starting to show in the squad. They had Phillips was injured. Saka mm. wasn't up to speed. Both of those should be back in time for Wigan. Mm. Um, Mears obviously looked knackered after after playing four games in 12 days so they, they was they were start the, the cracks were starting to show so I think the first international break there was a there was a feeling amongst the coaching staff that it came at the wrong time because they'd yeah. just beaten Stoke quite comfortably and they mm-hmm. got into their groove a little bit um, and then the game the first game back after that I think if you remember was they were rubbish at Birmingham yeah I think you were there for that game yeah, yeah, they were was, really yeah. poor there and they felt that that sort of got them out of their got them out of their stride that international break but I think this one they were sort of looking forward to it because mm. um yeah, they, the, the cracks were starting to show in the squad. They they, they did look quite fatigued um, towards the end of it, and but you know the wins kept coming. But I think they were looking forward to it, and they they all got last week off. Um, they're back in um, today, so um, yeah. Well, hopefully they'll be ready and ready to go for Wigan. Are you into the whole League of Nations, whatever it's called? Do you know what days? I am? Do you? I, I haven't I'm watched had, it. I haven't well, watched any of the games. The the I didn't watch the England game. Um, but I saw the highlights and that looked weird. Right. It looked very strange, really odd. Mm. Um, I think it's just proof of if if we needed it really that the fans make the game, don't yeah. they? I mean, without, without without the fans there, yeah. it's, it looks a bit weird. It, it does looks, look strange, yeah. It looks, it looks a bit village. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. how good the players are, it mm. looks like you're watching a village game. Yeah. So um, I think that more than anything else proves that it, you know if anyone wanted convincing that the fans are the lifeblood of the game yeah. that was it yeah. but I actually quite like the Nations League I like um, or as I keep calling it the League of Nations which I think was I don't know what it's called to be honest I think the League of Nations was a uh, conglomerate of countries set up after World War One to try and put the world back together right so I get confused with the two I, don't, I can't remember which way around it is but anyway whichever one it is yeah. um, I quite like it because the friendlies were boring they, they, they were nothing. boring and yeah. I quite like the trepidation of relegation and, and, and the reward of promotion okay. so I'm all for it so how many how many Albion players went away then and were featuring did, did some not get a break then well not not many actually Only I think only Higazi went away in terms of senior squad members okay, so that's quite, good. quite different yeah. uh, to what it used to be last season but they had a lot of youngsters away and um, I'm just putting a piece together today actually about the fact that plug coming up plug coming up mm-hmm. for the Express and Star tomorrow mm-hmm. They've had more um, players in the England youth teams from under-16s up to under-21s this season than either Manchester United or Liverpool. Really? Wow, that's a fantastic effort. And only five teams in the country have got more representatives in those in those um, youth teams. And they're Man City, Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal, Spurs and Everton. So five big boys. So they, they're the best 
represented Academy in the Championship and they, they beat a number of Premier League sides, including United and Liverpool. So, yeah, fantastic going by Mark Harrison and, uh, and his lot. Yeah, fair play. Um, and so some of, some of these players on the cusp, do you think, or is it just the future's bright in, like, say, three, four, five years down the line? Well, Carl Edwards is one of them, and he came on um, with half an hour to go in, in the last game and did really well, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, others that people will be aware of are Sam Field and, and Rakeem Harper. Rakeem Harper, yeah. Um, and then a bit further down the pecking order, sort of a bit younger, mm-hmm. you've got um, some very promising youngsters like Nathan Ferguson, who's a defender, um, Louis Barry, who... He's only under 16s. I think he's only 15 or 16, but mm. he, he, he scores a hatful of goals. Uh, and Morgan Rogers, who's a youngster as well, but was on the bench for the Carabao Cup. So, yeah, the future's bright. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a long-running debate amongst Albion fans about are they are they being used enough? Should they be used more? Yeah. Obviously, the team's winning, so it's pretty difficult to change a winning team, and, and you've got a lot of experienced pros ahead of them. Um, but I think Darren Moore's uh, prevalence to sign free agents in their mid-30s, there's a few concerns that they are blocking the pathway for these for these you know, obviously talented youngsters. The likes of Harper, Lecco, Field, obviously have had first-team appearances. Do you feel, I mean, as soon as as soon as soon you know we knew the inevitable that Albion were going to go down last season, I thought that instantly Sam Field would have this season. He'd be coming in, this would be his season to kind of shine, show what he can do. Are you surprised that maybe they haven't kicked on um, from what they potentially showed maybe like a, a season ago? I thought they would be kind of like mainstays this season. Or is yeah. it just the way Dar- Darren Moore and the club have gone? I think it's, I think it's just the way... Um, I think there's a number of factors at play. I think you've got Gareth Barry stuck around when no one really thought he would. If he wasn't playing, then you could see maybe Field getting a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the fact that Darren Moore wants to play Chris Brunt in that central midfield and I don't think you can get away from the fact that he is he does prefer experience to youth yeah. that's patently obvious mm-hmm. based on who he's playing who he's signing mm-hmm. I don't think you can get away from that I like you thought this was going to be Fields breakthrough season I thought he was fantastic last season whenever called upon didn't barely put a foot wrong really yeah. one of the few players alongside probably Chris Brunt to come out of the season with his head held high mm-hmm. um, and I think He's been a victim of circumstance yet again, just like he was last season when, yeah. when he was he wasn't allowed to leave on loan because he was needed, and then they signed two midfielders in Gareth Barry and Gregor Kokoviak on sort of the last day. Um, I think the same has happened this season, mm-hmm. um, and these 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 players need minutes to develop. Don't get me wrong, because Carl Edwards has come back from his loan spell at League Two Exeter and he's leapfrogged everyone because sure. he's got he's got minutes. Yeah, but I do think there's also the fact that in today's game. And particularly for Darren Moore, considering he's a new manager, mm. unproven, yeah. doesn't have much credit in the bank, you don't get any time exactly. to develop mm-hmm. these youngsters. You, mm-hmm. don't, you don't have time. You don't have time to play, put a play on the pitch and think, don't worry, he'll be good for me in six sure. months. Because Darren Moore might not be manager in six exactly. months. Exactly. So he has to pick a team. Yeah. He has to pick a team that he thinks is going to give him the best chance to succeed and the best chance to win. And if he thinks that experience is the way to go, then look, look at the results. They're doing mm-hmm. quite well. So <laughs> you, you, it's, it's hard to nitpick. Um, the problem with that is it's quite a short-term way of looking at things. You could is argue, it, isn't that football these days? You could, yeah, you know, exactly. You could argue that football is short-term. Yeah, um, and and players only really get long-term contracts because it's it's clubs safeguarding the value of their player. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an economic mm-hmm. thing rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. rather than development sure. thing. Um, you know, people say there's a cliche. You know, if you're 
good enough, you're old enough. Mm-hmm. Well, it sort of works in the way. So, actually, if these players like Sam Field and, and Kyle Edwards are, 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 are trying to break into the team, they need to prove that they're better than the others yeah. in the team. Now, I think Edwards took, yeah. it, took his chance against Reading. would be really interested to see if he was now shunted above Tyrone Mears in the pecking order and whether Mears stays for the rest of the season because he's only on contract till January. Mm. Um, it might be a situation where Darren Moore thinks, no, actually, I, I trust Edwards now because he's proven himself. I trust him a bit more mm. and we don't need Mears any longer. We wait and see what happens with that one. We wait and see what happens with Sam Field. Um, but I think that short-termism of football yeah. and particularly for Darren Moore's tenure because you can bet your bottom dollar if he hadn't had this start, if they'd, been, if they'd had a start that Stoke had, there would have been calls for him to go because unlike Gary Rowett, he doesn't have that credit in the bank where, yeah. okay, he's a manager who's done other things before. Yeah. There would have been people saying, well, he hasn't got it. So I think he had to pick um, a team um, to, to win in the game. He can't look too far into the future. That being said, he has blooded these youngsters in the Carabao mm. Cup. You know, okay, part of that is to do with um, rotation and, and, and keeping his squad fresh for the league, particularly because they're quite an, an old squad. Um, I think that's the third or the fourth oldest in the championship. Yeah. But you know, those players who have done well in those games mm. you know like Edwards and Field have come on so, mm. you know in the league and it's just about taking that chance when you get that slim that slither of opportunity about taking it yeah. and Edwards may have done that the other day you talk about people coming in and leapfrogging um, one person doing very very well I know that um, there was a story about him this week um, is Jack Fitzwater or back in the last week um, doing really well at Walsall um, and talk about potentially him coming back um, could you see a scenario where that does happen and if so, that he would go into the first team mix straight straight away. I assume if he does get called back, that's exactly what he would do. Yeah, I think a bit of background about uh, Fitzwater is he obviously spent the second half of last season on loan at Warsaw, did really well. In the summer, Darren said to him, you're on the fringes, you're so close to the team, you're not my starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Because I think he, when he bought Bartley, he always had an idea of playing a three with Hagazi and Dawson. But you're on the fringes, you're mm-hmm. fourth choice or maybe even fifth choice. But um, I think, Adra- I can't remember the timeline, but maybe Adrobio came just as Fitzwater was going to Warsaw. So maybe that was yeah. a, a swap sort yeah. of thing. And Fitzwater said, I want to play for Warsaw mm-hmm. this season. I think I want to get minutes for Warsaw. That'd be best for my development. I think he had a chat with his agent and you know he knows that if he goes to Warsaw, he's going to play every minute. Sure. He has played every minute mm. of every game, mm. league, cup, league, every single minute. Been really good, and he's really been fantastic. Me, yeah. He's been fantastic for them. He's been, you know, one of, he's one of their best players. Yeah. Um, that is doing wonders for his development. So I don't know about January. I can completely understand why Albion would recall him, but similarly, it might be best for his development if he stayed at Warsaw mm. because he's getting solid minutes in proper men's football and by the way Walsall are doing quite well they're top you know they're in the top 10 aren't they in yeah. league one so yeah, yeah. you know I think um, I think it might be best for his development to stay um, at Walsall there was a really funny moment over the weekend this um, was quality how are you going to bring it up when um, we put a store because we, we spoke to Dion Burton who's looking after Albion's loans at the moment um, over the international break because mm-hmm. it's you know it's, it's this sort of time of year when you get to do more Sort of lower down, stuff yeah. in-depth stuff mm. like that. And um, he said Fitzwater was close to the first team. He is really close. Yeah. So we put a piece out and then Nicky Devlin from Warsaw 
sit, you know, jokes and saying, "Don't worry, lads, he's nowhere near ready for the championship." <laughs> yeah, yeah, Keep yeah. Him here. Now, what, why that, why that chuck made me a chuckle is because that's exactly what Albion fans are saying to Leicester. Yeah, yeah, They're saying, yeah. "Forget about Barnes's goals. Yeah. He's rubbish. He's don't, not good enough. Yeah, don't, Can't don't make the step up. Honestly, don't require it. It'll be a waste of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got to stay and develop. That trickle down effect. And then you had a lot of Warsaw fans responding to uh, Devlin and, and, and Fitzwater saying. Yeah. Yeah, did you see his miss at Barnsley? Yeah, he's, yeah, he yeah, is a yeah, car yeah. horse. Can't leave him. He needs to develop at Warsaw for the next two seasons. <laughs> so I think Fitzwater got in on the act and took it all, took it all quite well. Because oh, obviously the joke. It, yeah. yeah. It's all said tongue in cheek. And it's just a sign of how well Fitzwater's doing mm. um, that you know he is being talked about like this. So we wait and see in January. Um, you know, For me, centre-back is, is the main area that they need to strengthen in January sure. because I think... That's that's the area that they don't have much cover, mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I I don't know what's right for Fitzwater. I really don't because he could come back, he could come in, and he could potentially work his way into the Albion team, or he could come back and he could not play a minute, and that wouldn't be good for him. No, right. Uh, it seems a long time ago since they beat Reading four um, one. You wouldn't have thought that at half time, would you? It was a bit of a pig of a game, wasn't it, for the first forty five? It was, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, it was a long, was a long time ago. Long time. That, it seems like a long what, time ago. What, what happened in the game? What was the score? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, they they were they were were they one nil down? One nil down at half time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Okay. One nil down at half time. I can't remember at all. So one nil down at half time, and, yeah. des- and deservedly so. And, and at that stage, it didn't look like they were going to get anything from the game. Mm. Um, but they've done this all season, haven't they? They've, yeah. they've come out in the second half and they've blitzed teams and. It seems to be whatever they're saying, whatever Darren Moore is saying at half time is working. So, you know, long may that continue. I, I, as I said, I think last week on the podcast, did we have one last week? I'm pretty sure. Mm, we had an international break, didn't we? Did we have one? I, I don't know. I went away, so. I'm sure the fans will know. Yeah, they'll know. Um, I think I've said it before. If I didn't say it on the podcast, I said it on the video. Um, you know, you'd rather finish games strongly than, than start them strongly sure. and finish them weekly. Mm-hmm. So, look, okay, they might be starting slowly and. and they might not be able to keep a clean sheet, but they're scoring hatfuls of goals and they're finishing games strongly. And, and, yeah. and when they are on top, they're scoring two or three goals rather than just the one. So, yeah, good signs. 31 goals. That's nine more than Leeds United in second. Aren't Sheffield United in second? I mean, as in the goals scored. Ah, I think, I think sorry, my, my apologies. But I mean, Leeds United think scored the second most and, and that's nine goals behind Albion. Just... Um, just astonishing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the stat for me, which is amazing, is the fact that it's it's the same amount they scored in the league last season already, and it and that that was reached the fifth. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the start of October. So, yeah, it's ludicrous. I mean, it the numbers are insane. I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. Personally, I think they're going to they're going to have to start to grind out a few one nils mm-hmm. as the season wears on. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that firepower, you know, at your disposal is, is fantastic, and long may it continue. Because not only are they winning games, but they're winning games in, in, an, in an exciting way. Exciting, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think we've seen, you know, that game against Sheffield Wednesday proved that they are not dead and buried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they can go behind, and they they will come roaring back. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's 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 exciting at the moment, and you wouldn't leave a game early. No, you would not. Uh, play of the season so far. Give me your play of the season so far. There must be a few a few candidates. If you were the awards were tonight, Albion just gone up back to the Premier League. Who would be your player of the season? Well, I like Tyrone Mears. He's done that. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go. Surely between two, is it? It's between two, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Is the honest answer? I think 
I might. Ah, uh, I think I might. I think I might. I think I might go for Barnes. Yeah. I know that Gale's got more goals, eight in his last nine, or eight, eight in ten starts in the league. Mm. I know he scored some outrageous goals as well. Yeah. On that. I mean, the, the two against Stoke were fantastic. Yeah, I know he's won four penalties. I know he does sterling work off the ball. I know he's really taken Albert into his heart. And I know he's firmly a fan's favourite. Yeah. And I know, actually, he might be the one that, that fires them up. But Barnes has got has just got that... Um, Barnes is a player that you, you pay to watch. Mm-hmm. He is that, he's mm-hmm. got that spark. He is that... He's got that youthful energy. Um, he's bright and new and shiny, and we are witnessing what I think is the birth of a potential superstar. Yeah. Um, Gale, we know. I mean, he's he's, he's started brilliantly, better than anyone really mm-hmm. could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. Even though, he, but we we have seen him do this before in the championship. He is proven it at this level. But it still takes time for him to fit into a, to, to a, oh. a, a, a formation and a way of a style of play under a new manager and a new club to, to hit the ground running like he has. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's, 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 he's a 9.8 out of 10 yeah. at the moment, Gale. He's been fantastic. Mm. But I just think Barnes has got that little bit of magic. Sure. You know, he's got... The, all five of his goals have been worldies mm. and there's no way of... Dis- mm. And they've all, been, they've all been really different as well. Yeah. And they've all been so... Sexy. I mean, that's the thing about Barnes is he yeah. he he. You know, Gale has don't get me wrong. Gale has been brilliant, and, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, he's got some brilliant goals. But he is he's relentless. Yeah, you know? he's like I will score a goal. Whatever's going to happen, I'm yeah. going to score a goal. Whereas Barnes is um, he can sometimes drift in and out of games, but he is capable of those moments that make you just go whoa. That is yeah. fantastic. I mean, the goal against Sheffield Wednesday um, was superb. That even on the opening day, that when he when he cut in and, and announced himself with that goal against yeah, Bolton, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and even against Bristol City when it, he he tore them apart in the first half and laid on all the goals for mm-hmm. everybody else, mm-hmm. he is he's he is fantastic. He's, and the engine on him as well is oh. fantastic. He run for days. Yeah, I, I just I just really he's a sort of player that that excites you and and look, there's not much in it because Gale's been brilliant but mm. yeah I think for me I think Barnes is the darling of the side there's something about the fact that he's young and yeah. you know he, sure, sure, there's sure, something sure. about that so yeah so play the season Harvey Barnes young play the season today Harvey Barnes Harvey <laughs> Barnes um, or, or yeah or Carl Edwards I mean let's let let's let's talk about Carl Edwards because mm-hmm. he was the stand up player in pre season yeah um, scored plenty of goals in pre season really took his chance there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the Carabao Cup, he scored the winner against Mansfield, was it? Or Luton? I can't remember which one it was, but he scored the winner in one of those games. Yeah. He took his chance there. Yeah. And then when he came on in the league, he took his chance there. So Carl Edwards, you know, he is stepping up to the plate whenever mm-hmm. he's called upon. And I think actually, yeah, obviously Barnes, brilliant. But um, Edwards, if you're talking about Albion players, mm. you know, Barnes is Leicester's player. If you're talking about Albion, young player of the season, I'll give it to Edwards. Flop of the season. Flop of the season. Uh, it's harsh because we're only early early doors. We're only a dozen games in. Mm. Um, but they I think, said it was going to be easy. But I think the disappointment, the disappointing, the disappointment so far has probably been Oliver Burke. Yeah. I think everyone thought that this might be the season, like you said about Sam Field, that, mm-hmm. that, that Burke really came to the fore. We've done it at this level before for Nottingham Forest and he just hasn't played. And he's not even getting in the squads now. And I... Are you worried that this is just an absolute... Catastrophe of a of a signing from monetary wise, it already is, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they've still yes. got they've still got two. I mean, the way that transfers work is you don't pay the whole fee up front. Sure. So they've still got two of the of the instalments to pay on Oliver Burke. So mm-hmm. they've still got to they still owe ten million on him because um, they're paying it in three instalments of five million. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a. I mean, you know, you're not going to get anywhere near that back from if you just no. have to sell him. I think he's got no no nothing at all. I. I have some sympathy for him because um, he's young. Um, he didn't ask anybody to pay that money for mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe his agent did, but he he he's not the person who decided to spend that much money yeah. on him. He's only twenty-one. You know, he's still very young. Um, and I think actually, when when I've seen him for the under twenty-threes, is he has looked a cut above the rest. You know, he has looked dangerous. He's looked. Mm. He's looked. Um, his pace, particularly, I think when he plays up front, you know, he he's almost he's almost too good for the twenty threes, but not good enough for the first team. And then there's a few players like that in Albion's squad. Um, Who's to blame for that signing? Is it Pulis? Is it is it is it scouting network? Is it the chief executive? Who you know who who do you think if it, you know let's say Oliver Burke just doesn't become a factor at all this season, and it's you know you've just got to write him off? Who who who? Takes the blame for that that call. I think um, I think it's a mixture, but I think the, primarily the, the blame should lie on the door of um, John Williams and Martin Goodman, the former chairman and chief executive, because you know Pulis can identify uh, and Pulis and his scout can identify a player that they want, but they they don't hold the purse strings, and um, they don't you know if 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 Williams didn't want to spend 15 million on him, mm. he should have not spent 15 million on him. Yeah. Um, and you know the fact that um, when Mark Jenkins returned, he said, "Look, the club's in its first overdraft for 10 years, <laughs> and look what we've bought." Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the blame lies. It's a mixture of the previous manager and the previous regime, um, previous board. Um, but. I think that ultimately it's purchases like that that cost Williams and Goodman their jobs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would say it was there. You know, it's up, it's it's sort of at their door. Although obviously Pulis does have to take a, a bit of the uh, a bit of the blame. A little bit, well. yeah. So twelve games in, Gray Darren Moore so far. Um, what as in like A B C D? Mm-hmm. I'd give him an A. Yeah. I. Well, you know they're second in the league. They are. He's completely changed the philosophy of the football to one that Albion fans have been crying out for for the last four years. Mm-hmm. They're scoring goals for fun. Um, he's reconnected with the fan base. He's reconnected with the community. Yeah. Um, he held the club up over the summer almost single-handedly alongside Mark Jenkins when everything else was going to pot around him. You had players trying to leave. You had a technical director who was a shambles. Um, he was willing to wait for months and months and months to get the right number two in um, and almost shoulder all of that by himself during during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly he realised, him and, and Graham Jones and, and his coaching staff realised that what they had, what they were doing wasn't working and they moved to a 3-5-2. Um, that has been brilliant. I mean, yeah. since they moved to it in Nottingham Forest, okay, so they came back and drew Nottingham Forest in that game after the switch of formation and since then they've only lost to Middlesbrough and that was to a last minute goal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so everything else has been wins or yeah. draws yeah. and the draws have been 
Okay, they were poor against Blues. Okay, they I wouldn't say they were outplayed by Sheffield Wednesday, but Sheffield Wednesday played well against them. Sure. Um, apart from that, they've been pretty good. Um, and I think there is a I think there there are signs of improvement as well. I think the back three are, are starting to get to starting to get to grips mm. um, with 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 the system and the approach. Um, so yeah, I mean at the moment so far, I'd give them an A. There's not not much more you can do. I mean. He's sort of likeable as well. You're pulling for him, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's just nice that someone like a very likeable guy who's very genuine, who's very strong on his views, but, you know, a gentle giant, so to speak, is doing well. It's good to see. Yeah, but that's not... Um, that's part of it. You know, that's not just a side effect. That mm. is part of it. That's mm. why these players who may have designs on playing for the Premier League may think they should be in the Premier League yeah. are willing to play for him. Mm-hmm. They're not going to throw in the towel because sure. um, he's. we've spoken to Jay Rodriguez who nearly went to Burnley in the summer and he said, yeah, but Darren Moore's a, a leader you want to mm, play for. He's mm, a man you want to play for. He's not the only person to say that. No. It's pretty much all across the board. Players who have played with him before, players who play for him now, coaching staff, mm-hmm. everybody, they say, he's a leader. Yeah. You're, he's a man that you want to play for. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for that in this modern age. I think management changing dra- dramatically. I think you know, the old days where you could perhaps be a bit more with the stick mm-hmm. um, and um, be a bit more hard, you know. I'm thinking about the days of, uh, well, Jose Mourinho. Mm. I think you know mm. maybe epitomises it mm. a bit best. You, you know, you have to be a bit more, um, a bit more of a man manager these days. Um, this was something that Tony Pulis used to talk about a lot, actually, um, when he was when he was at when he was at Albion. And and you know, whatever your thoughts are on Pulis, you, there's no denying that he actually has um, evolved. Maybe not his his footballing. Approach, but his his managerial approach. Yeah, he has evolved that over the course of time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you can no longer be um, grabbing players by the scruff of their neck and mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. trying to get a tune out of them. It just yeah. doesn't work with the modern yeah. crop. Darren Moore is a lot. You know, obviously he's got that side to him. I think um, Graham Jones has said he's sort of ninety five percent nice. He's got that five percent. Li- you still need a little bit of an edge, don't that you? Little you know five percent. I mean? Yeah, you, you have yeah. to. I think you have to have that because otherwise you you become a soft touch. But I don't, you know, I don't think Darren Moore's that at all. I mean, you just look at the fella. I mean, mm. he's not a soft touch. No, yeah, there's no way that's the case. And um, so I think he, I think his his sort of characteristics and his character are really ideally suited to to the demands of modern management. And when you add on top of that the fact that he is a very determined and diligent um, person who has um, has worked really hard to not only get get this far, but mm-hmm. but now he's got it. He's determined to not let it slip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. You know, people say, "Oh, this sort of fell into his lap." Well, it didn't really. I mean, he's been he's been doing his coaching badges um, years ago. You know, mm-hmm. he's been working his way up slowly but surely through the academy for mm-hmm. a long time. And if anything, you know, that meteoric rise from um, sort of Academy to loans manager to first team coach to caretaker to head coach just shows that actually when the limelight was put on him yeah. he delivered yeah. and that's why he's got to where he is so you you know some people say it's fallen into his lap I think it's the, the exact opposite mm. he has worked tirelessly, tirelessly behind the scenes for five or six years now when he got his chance he grabbed it and I think he's doing the same now um, as, as the permanent head coach and long may it continue exactly took the words right out of my mouth right ready for some questiones questiones got a few questions from the peeps um 
went on a little bit longer than I thought, but it's all very good stuff, so I'll let it run. A um, few questions about Oliver Berg, we kind of discussed him in detail, really. Um, some people are saying from the outside, the potential is huge. Are the rumours that are willing to sell true? Anything about Burke to Newcastle in January? Could we also make Gale permanent as part of the deal? Says Robert Smith, Ant Swales, Callum Haywood. Lots of questions. Well, I think there were scouts that were been watching Burke because obviously he's not getting minutes at Albion and he's got that potential. He's got that name, that, that draw, that pace as well, which, mm. which people think they could harness. So I think there were... Scouts from um, a few clubs, including a couple of Premier League clubs, um, maybe Brighton and Newcastle as well, yeah. at the last under-23s game for West Brom. Or maybe it might be the Checker Trade game, I don't know. But it was, um, you know, there are scouts watching him. Whether he goes in January or not remains to be seen. I mean, it would have to be... Would Albion cut their losses on him? It depends how much they were offered. Um, I'm and, giving them four million quid now, are you taking it? No, I don't think so. I still think there's a potential player in there, mm. um, but there are also concerns about what what was said at RB Leipzig when he was the you know the, the Leipzig managers and, and coaches almost suggested that Burke has got all the potential, but he doesn't take on it doesn't take on board the um, the sort of coaching we're giving him or the advice we're giving him. So it's off the ball and, and things like that that he, he's not a fully fledged player yeah. but I think we need to remember he's 21 yeah, it's time, time to, it's time, he's still got to mature don't he as a player there are plenty I mean there are some players who are ready at 21 mm-hmm. but there are plenty of players who are not yeah. and there are plenty of players who need that time to develop mm-hmm. we talk about Jack Fitzwater mm-hmm. you know, he's 21, mm-hmm. 22 talk about um, I don't know Kimar Roof who has developed later on you know a lot of players don't develop into the into um the uh, into the player that he should be until their mid twenties. I mean, I know. So would you loan him out in January and give him give him you know half the season playing every single week? I'd be more. I'd be more. Um, I would lean more towards that rather than just cutting your losses because I think there could be. A, I mean, the potential I think is still there. Mm. Um, I would be more inclined to do that personally. I don't obviously have a say, mm. but that would be my. That would be. I think that's a good idea, but. I think giving him men's minutes in the, yeah. in League One or yeah. even at a, I mean, you don't really want to do it at a lower championship club. You but don't, you, but... But you could do. Yeah, you could do. Absolutely. You could if you're going to take do. points off rivals, I mean, that happens all the time. That's true. I mean, if you gave them to someone down there, you mm. know, like, one of the lesser clubs like Middles- sure. Middlesbrough. Ah, here we go. I knew that was... <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we could, that, that, that could be a, a, a route for him. Yeah. Um, I'd, I mean, I'd be surprised if any of the Premier League clubs... Uh, came in it's a big risk for them, I think, at that stage of the season, and, and depending on where they are in that Premier League. Yeah. I mean, a, a struggling club, I don't think, is going to spend yeah. that kind of a money, especially someone like Newcastle or in the relegation zone already. It seems like you want a quick fix rather than a, someone you know, looking you want someone long proven term. rather than potential. And also, um, like Dwight Gale. That well, that that person who asked about Dwight Gale, I think that's just wishful thinking. Yes, isn't it? I mean, that that. That loan deal is locked in with Rondon. But he is in for the season. Though. So he's here for the season, yeah. but it's locked in with Rondon, so it's more to do with what Rondon's doing rather than Burke. Mm-hmm. Okay, good stuff. Right. Um, Daniel McCulloch, is it tough, Matt, to remember that you are a reporter and not a fan when attending games? Um, no, not really, because I think your professional um, training kicks in. I mean, I sound like an army doctor or something, <laughs> but I'm not. You know, obviously... Um, do you see a different? Is it taking a little a bit away from a fan point of view? That could you 
could you let's say let's say you know you, you finish this job at the end of the season you go back to being an Albion fan would you still have that fan in you could you get that or, or does it take a little bit of the shine off it seeing it from the other side I don't know I mean I'll, I'll let you know when I, when I finish you know yeah. if you do you know something that I don't know <laughs> when you retire <laughs> when you retire um, I, I suppose two stories spring to mind immediately. The first one would be um, the Sheffield Wednesday game recently mm. when they roared back from 2-0 down um, to draw 2-2. Now, yeah. the away fans loved it. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, not only did they score two goals in two minutes, but one of the goals was a goal of the season contender, one of the best goals that we've seen by an Albion player in, in recent years. Yeah. Um, I was fuming. Because <laughs> I, match report. It was a midweek game, so um, I was on deadline. Yeah. It's a bit easier on Saturday afternoons because sure. there isn't a paper to get out. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. Can, you can tweak it. And, you know, and the web is always, is always mm-hmm. there. I mean, you mm-hmm. want to get up online as soon as you can, but you can always... Yeah, you and can, you can tweak it. Time. But, you know, I had sub-editors you know, and sports editors on the phone going, where's the copy? And I'm trying to bash out this quick... Yeah quick report and actually that the last thing you want really is a turnaround in, in the last uh, couple of minutes. So I had a lovely match report ready to go for Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> 2 West Brom here. <laughs> yeah. So that that's one side of it. The, the other side of it I suppose would be um, the Jake Livermore goal against Tottenham Hotspur last season. Mm. Now that was when the mask slightly slipped Oh yeah. yeah. and um, I think I may have actually jumped up in the press box <laughs> when that happened which you're, you're not supposed to do. That yeah. is really frowned upon. And um, yeah, and then I think I tweeted something that had to be deleted uh, because it involved a swear word. Um, but anyone who was at that game and witnessed that goal, it's hard not to get will, carried away. Will understand the um, you know the unbridled uh, emotion that, that. I think when you're a fan in there, there's got to be that there's always that part in you, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? But even if, even if even if I had no history with the club, yeah. I think. Based on the the way the season had gone, right, and the story that was emerging from Darren Moore taking yeah. over as caretaker, he yeah. was he was like you know the the famous son of 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 the club, you know, a cult hero who had been in the shadows the whole time, and then was just suddenly emerging, and and they were going down until Livermore scored, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden, oh my god, yeah. the great the not Could the, the, not the great escape, the the miraculous escape, you know, oh, there'll be not nothing could ever compete to that if they had. Done something like Lazarus Part yeah, Two. It wasn't yeah. Great Escape Part Two. Yeah. Lazarus yeah. Part Two is absolutely yeah. outrageous that they even got close. Yeah. Um, and the, when that went in, yeah, I did lose it a bit. So I suppose there were there were two little insights that you know it's not there's no hard or fast rule. Sometimes I feel very um, much like a journalist, yeah. like the Sheffield Wednesday game. Sometimes I feel a bit more like a fan, like the like the Tottenham game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose um, the main thing is to not let that. Um, that, that previous history to, mm-hmm. to cloud your judgment and actually I personally I've spoken about this before but I personally think it enhances my reporting rather than um, takes anything away from sure. it I mean I think you just have a, a bit more of a, of a knowledge about the history of the club absolutely uh, a bit more of, an, of um, a connection with it um, and you understand maybe a bit more the um, the, the sort of um, intricate minutiae of, mm-hmm. of of why things are why certain things are important. You know why Dar- why Darren Moore, for example. I mean, I, I'm sure plenty of other journalists know this, but you know why Darren Moore matters to Albion. You yeah, know, and, and his relationship with Cyril and why Cyril matters and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure readers have their own opinion, but hopefully, it enhances my reporting rather yeah. than taking anything away from it. I mean, I did see a very interesting tweet from from uh, Stan Collymore. 
he had a, he had a week about uh, yeah. labelling all, all regional reporters sycophants, mm-hmm. which I thought was a bit strong mm-hmm. and um, frankly untrue. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally we're sometimes the the most critical um, Absolutely. When, when it needs to be said, but also hopefully fair with, with the criticism and not just... Um, sweeping generalizations which you sometimes get um in in the national media which mm-hmm. to be fair to them they 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 don't they're not down in, in the trenches they don't see every game so no. they sort of have to be a bit more sweeping so i understand that but yeah hopefully um we're, hopefully we're not sycophants and or or, or or too critical just mm. try and be fair as we can Absolutely right. We're running out of time, so the last two questions. Oh, sorry, um, I'm waffling. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's all. It's all good. Uh, uh Premier League struggle or Championship and flourish. I know which is more beneficial to the club, but is it the be all and end all of being in the top tier? Um, right. I understand what you're saying. My argument on this is yes, of course, it's great to win games and score goals, and and it's so much more fun than trying to grind your way Survive. to forty points. Yeah. But if you don't go up in the next two or three years, you get dragged into the championship and all of a sudden you are then um, s- swimming upstream mm-hmm. against a tide of relegated clubs with more money than you. And mm-hmm. it's really, really difficult to get promoted. And um, all those good players that mean you can win games will leave and they yeah. will go to the Premier League. And yeah. then all of a sudden you've got a championship squad and you are stuck and you are stuck in quicksand and there's nowhere out. So I understand the point. I think... Um, I mean, maybe maybe the best thing to do is to do what they used to do mm. and go up and then go down and then go up and then go down and because it's fun and yeah. exciting. But obviously, I think the best thing to do is to go back up first time of asking this season, keep all those players, keep playing this style in the Premier League, stay up, copy what Bournemouth are doing, mm-hmm. play, keep um, faith in your philosophy, yeah. but stay up playing that sort of football that people enjoy to go and watch um, because I bet the Bournemouth fans are loving it because if you know if, if they. They could lose 4-0 one week or win 4-0 next yeah. week and they've done that this season yeah. um, because of the way they play. And you never know if Albion do go up this season and Darren Moore sticks with this philosophy, maybe that'll be them next year. Well said. Monty Singh, last one of the episode. Uh, if Barnes does leave in January, who do you think slots into his position? Sacco, Houlihan or do we even change the system? I wouldn't want to change the system just yet um, because I don't think it's been found out yet. You know, they are unbeaten in seven. Um, they've only lost one of the last ten, so I think the system's working. Um, now, of course, with, if your personnel changes, the system might not work. Mm-hmm. So, my, But my first, my first um, inclination would be to either, if Barnes gets recorded in January, to either replace him with someone, a new mm-hmm. signing, or to play Houlihan in there mm-hmm. and... Um, that would leave a bit more pressure on the on the two behind him because I don't know if Hulahan's got the legs to sort of go up and down and, and it would be slightly different because Barnes is a more more dynamic player and Hulahan's more guile and, and, and sort of nippy and in and out of the legs, as it were. So um, it would it would change him a bit, but that would be who I would drop in to mm-hmm. start with to try. Um, but of course, you could potentially play any number of players in that number 10 role behind the strikers. Darren Moore has been playing... Uh, Jonathan Alico, Carl Edwards there in uh, the Carabao Cup. You've got Bakary Sacco could potentially play there, although I don't know if he's got the discipline. I'm not sure. I haven't seen enough of him. Um, you know, Joe Rodriguez could play there. James Morrison could play there. Um, so there are options. Thank you very much for the questions this week. Really appreciate them. Um, Bradley Dak, what's that situation? Well, they liked Dak in the summer and they um, approached. Blackburn with an offer but mm. it was rejected 
Um, I think he's probably one that's been earmarked as a potential replacement for Barnes. But at the moment, there's no guarantee Barnes will get recalled. No. Um, I can't see them spending £20 million, pounds, though, um, which has been reported in, in some national outlets because they are currently in an overdraft and they will um, go into a, an even larger overdraft yeah. in, in March. Yeah. So they don't, I don't think they will have that money to spend. Um, they will probably have some money to spend, mm-hmm. um, particularly if they sell anyone. Um, but I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they spent £20 million on a player in January. really would. Okie dokie. Right, uh, Matt, um, obviously you've been, been a huge Albion fan. How would you like to win a home shirt and an away shirt just for one retweet? I would love that. You would love that. I and mean, I, think, I think, you know, I think it's a great deal. You don't, it doesn't cost you anything whatsoever. RRP is about 100 quid. All you need to do is RT either Matt's or, or the, the Baggies broadcast tweet and you will be automatically entered into the draw. We will pick the lucky winner on Saturday at one o'clock. We will let you know who it is. And all you need to do is have these two um, goal scorers score a goal for some sort of striker situation. Um, it doesn't have to be your first goal scorer. It can be from minute one, minute 90. You've got two games for your mat. You need to choose a goal scorer, an anytime goal scorer in the following game. Wigan Athletic against West Bromwich Albion. Anytime goal scorer. Right. Um, I'm no go- pressure. I'm gonna go for. Um, I'm gonna go for. Who should I go for? I'm gonna go for the one I always go for, Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. I mean, why wouldn't you, Dwight Gale? Anytime goal scorer and under and a new stewardship, um, which is why we're having a quick podcast today um, of Mr. Smith and, and, and Mr. Terry Aston Villa against Swansea City. An anytime goal scorer in that game. Aston Villa against Swansea City. Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham. You could be the lucky winner. We shall let you know and you could be in the hat to win. Two Albion shirts. There's a, there's a third kit as well, isn't there? I tell you what, they can win the home shirt and then they can choose the away or the third kit. Yeah. How's that? I think, yeah. I'm, some A lot of people probably have already bought the yellow and green ones. So True. They might want the electric blue one or whatever. Electric blue, yeah. Superb. Right. Uh, Wigan Athletic. So, um, not an easy game. In fact, I was looking at the, the fixtures. Next six games are pretty tasty, I think. Um, probably, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot of, after these six games. If they're, in the, if they're kicking around still in the top two or three, I think, the, you know, we could really be on something here. Wigan away, Derby at home, Blackburn at home, Hull away, Leeds at home, Ipswich away, not easy, but let's take it um, one step at a time. Wigan um, away on Saturday. Well, they're unbeaten at home, Wigan. I think they've uh, won four, drawn two. So that goes to show how difficult it's going to be. Mm. Uh, I think it will be tough. Um, they've I mean, they've impressed me this season. Probably done better than a lot of te- a lot of um, people thought they might do. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit they did get beaten four 0 by Preston. The other yeah, day. So, yeah, it was a strange one. Which was a strange result. Mm. Um, I think Preston had been threatening that, maybe, but still, that's a bit of a blow. Sure. So whether they bounce back from that at home, um, you know, obviously they've got, I think Nick Powell's um, been pulling up trees for them this year, very good player. Um, but I actually did uh, did something for Wigan's match day programme this week, um, which will be, I think it'll be in their programme for the game. And uh, they asked me for a prediction, and I 
said, I think Albion's firepower will, will just be a little bit too much for Wigan. I reckon they'll win by the odd goal. So mm. I think it'll probably be 2-1 Albion or 3-2 Albion. Oh, you, you've just taken the words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, I reckon 2-1 as well, to be fair. And, and team-wise, what are we thinking? Because Matt Phillips could be could be back. Well, Phillips and Sacco should be fit and available, although Sacco hasn't played since January, so I doubt he's going to start. And, well, I don't know who you, you'd replace him. You know, mm-hmm. you can't drop anyone, really. Sure, sure, sure. Really. Um, so I think it'll be the, the, the bog standard 3-4-1-2 with Matt Phillips at right wing back and then everybody else um, where they normally play. Good stuff. That, that, that's it. That's it. I've enjoyed this chat. 45 minutes in from nowhere. Bish bash bosh. Absolutely. Happy and, uh, days. You're going to go and see uh, Dean Smith, aren't you? Going to see Mr. Dean Smith, yes. Uh, from Mr. Wilson, we'll be at the DW Stadium on Saturday. From Matt, from myself. Have a great weekend. Fingers crossed three points. Take care. Bye-bye.